welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And we are back with another patron requested episode. We're going to be looking at Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, uh, the sequel to the original Legacy of Kane, which was also a patron request we did, I don't know, a year or so ago. Uh, so this will be really fun. Uh, but before we get into Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, Billy, what have you been playing since our last episode? Oh, well, I, I've been trying to play a lot, but time has not been kind to me. Um, been a busy stretch of time. Um, I have, though. I was able, if only briefly, and thankfully because Xbox put it out a day early, I've been hot and heavy on that Lies of P, which is basically Bloodborne with fucking Pinocchio. And uh, it is it is very much, it's, it's, it's Bloodborne-esque to the point where I don't know how they got away with it without a lawsuit getting slapped on this thing. But I mean that in extraordinarily complimentary. Um, I haven't been able to put a lot of time into it. I kind of got really busy uh, after playing it the first day, um, but just absolutely love it. Otherwise, I, I've just been kind of kind of doing my thing, um, kind of being aimless, not being able to sit on one game, you know, for too awful long. I'm still playing a Sea of Stars a good deal. Um, still playing Starfield, which I really love when I'm playing, but. I find that it has a uh, it, it has a time limit built in when I start playing. Like I, I'll play it for a little while, and then I'm like, "All right, it's time," you know. <laughs> Whereas with a Fallout or an Elder Scrolls, uh, it's you know you're playing until you notice the sun's coming up outside. So I don't know what that means for this game, but I, I do love it when I play it. But it's it's definitely one of those that I, I can get off of it very easy. Um, but no, that that lies a P. I think probably when we talk about what we've been playing the next few episodes, at least it's it's going to be coming up. Well, I started playing Sea of Stars. I don't know if I talked about that in the last episode or not, but it's very good. It is it is exactly what I was hoping for. A very good classic feeling JRPG, but without uh, with, with a lot more of the the speed and uh, kind of benefits you expect in a current kind of RPG. So I've been enjoying that uh, very thoroughly. It's hard to talk a lot more about it without ruining the story or, or anything else. But if you like games like Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI, that kind of thing, you'll, you'll like this. It reminds mm -hmm. me a lot of Lunar uh, in some ways as well. So I've been playing a lot of that. But the other thing that I've been playing literally nonstop since it showed up was at the last Nintendo Direct, which there was a lot of stuff I didn't really necessarily care about. It wasn't bad. It was fine. But then they mentioned F-Zero 99, which was already kind of all over the place ahead of time. People had figured out that was coming. And I don't know if you guys are fans of the 99 series. Like, I played a ton of Tetris 99. I love Pac-Man 99, but I know some people do not care for it. I even like Super Mario 35. So I was like, I'm going to give F-Zero 99 mm -hmm. a chance. And goddamn, if I have not played at least 50 to 60 races of F-Zero 99, I, I cannot stop playing it. It's the perfect length. Uh, you know, it's a regular track. So you'll finish a track in two minutes, three minutes tops, and you only have to play the one track. You can sign up and do one track over and over and over again against 99 other people, or you can do, like, they have special events where it's harder tracks or it's battle rounds where the whole point is just to see how much damage you can do to the other team. Uh, or, of course, there's, like, the regular five race, the Knights League, which is the original set of five tracks uh, from the original F-Zero, and then you can, it, there's more coming. So you can see where they're going to have uh, the Queen League and everything else. Like, I'm very, very into this, and I've played a lot of it, uh, to the point where I put a score challenge up on our Discord for one of the time trials on the first level, and slowly people are getting into it. So I'm hoping everybody else is enjoying F-099. I don't know if either of you guys gave it a shot or not. I did not yeah. know if I'd like oh, yeah. it, but I love it. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fucking wild as hell. I mean, just <laughs> think about an F-Zero track with a 
shit ton of players on it. Uh, I, I do like it. I uh, like the other games of this ilk Nintendo put out. Am not good at it. I, I go out pretty early, but it's definitely one of those I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of keep at. And it, it's the perfect like just I got ten minutes. What am I going to do? Game. Uh, I, I love the little things like this Nintendo does. I think it's one of the better things. They do with their online service. I, we we could talk about the selection of of games on there, but when they put out something special like this, kind of something you can't get anywhere else, uh, it, it 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 it's always a hit. Well, Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last episode? I don't know if I mentioned uh, to Billy or not, but I like fell the other day, like just straight up ate shit on the sidewalk. Oh um, boy! And like I was just walking, and and there was mowed grass on a hole. In the, in the, where, you know, you just stuck my foot in it and it rolled to the right and I went straight down to the fucking ground and thought I'd broke my ankle, but I didn't, I, I, I didn't break my ankle. Thank God. But that was like the day before my vacation, which I had several things planned out for. <laughs> and, mm. and that didn't really work out because I couldn't fucking walk, uh, for like the next day. But, uh, I, I was like, Billy, I, I, saw that Liza P and I started playing that mm -hmm. uh, since all I could do was just sit there and prop my foot up and um, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. No, at all. no. It, it makes a really good first impression. I'm on like chapter four, four or five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it makes a really good first impression through those first two chapters. I really like, you know, the story. Uh, it, it's neat. You know, having this, what they've done is interesting. I'll say that as far as the story and the setting goes, and it is very Bloodborne-esque, uh, you know, that kind of mood and just in general gameplay as well. But then it's not at all like Bloodborne. Mm. Like it feels mm. very slow. It's, it's almost, God, I don't, I don't really know how to describe this one. It's not bad, but it is not Bloodborne. Like, Bloodborne was so just about getting up in their face and just beating mm -hmm. the shit out of everything, dodging, rolling, and just doing everything. This game, you can't fucking do that in this game. Like, you, if you select the, um, the dexterity build, which I think is the middle one, like, you can kind of do that. And, but the roll itself, especially the beginning, is so slow and sluggish, and, like, the... Uh, even the dodge itself, if you're locked on, you'll kind of dodge instead of rolling away. Like, it's very just, it, it's not fast enough to be like Bloodborne. And later on, like, you can start upgrading your P organs or whatever, and, and like, actually, like, you can cancel out of one dodge into another dodge, and that definitely helps. But still, it's just not fast enough. It, you can't react fast enough to make it feel like Bloodborne. And I want it to feel like Bloodborne, goddammit. But this feels more like a, an old, like, Demon Souls 2. Like, it's got, you can't cancel out of a move into a block. You actually have to let the offensive attack go all the way through before you can block. And that fucks everything up, too. So it's, it really seems like it wants you to parry yeah, oh, more. That's what the weird thing is. Um, I know, I thought I was just really slow to dodge. No, um, it's just it's the iframes, the invincibility frames are mm -hmm. super tiny mm -hmm. in that too. Like it mm -hmm. really just penalizes you so much. It's you don't roll very far, you don't roll very fast. It just kind of seems like a very basic roll. And what it seems like it wants you to do 
is the fucking Sekiro parry, which yeah, I was I'm... never good at. And I know Jeremy, uh, I... you know, Jeremy might love that shit because yeah. he was way into Sekiro. I was not. And that and I am not at this game either. So that that's really putting it putting the things off for me. And I'm just you know, I'm kind of looking around to see maybe if I'm just doing something wrong with my build, but it, it's just it's bringing me down because I really like, you know, the setting and what they're doing, but it's it's just odd. It's It just really kind of plays like a weird mix of like someone that kind of half-assed played Bloodborne, but then they didn't understand what made the combat in Bloodborne so fucking good. They were just like, well, I kind of like Demon Souls too, so let's do that. And it's it's just got a weird mixture of those two things. But I, maybe maybe if I keep hacking away at it all, I'll come mm-hmm. to it, but come around to it. But as of right now, I'm just like, mm, this, this ain't this ain't quite my my kind of souls game. Yeah, I'd I'd like to say I got good at parrying and and everything with Sekiro. I really didn't. Uh, that's why I've never finished it. But I do like that, and maybe I will give this game a shot. It does sound like it might be the kind of game for me, or maybe it's not. I don't know. Uh, but a game that I thought was a little different than I expected is a game we're going to talk about today: Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver for the Sony PlayStation. Yeah, th- this. Really, uh, Zelda's taking a really fucking dark turn. So as I mentioned at the start of the show, this is a patron request, and we have that patron with us right now. Welcome to the show, Green Mullet. Yeah, all right. How's it going? It's going great. I've had a great time this week, not giving away my total thoughts on it, but this is a game I've meant to play over the years and have not, so I do want to thank you for recommending uh, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. Now, uh, I know you originally picked a different game. You wanted us to do one of the Monster Hunter games, and I'm a big fan. I've played with you online. It's a great time, uh, but I, it, that's, a, that's a, a hard pull. You need a lot of time and a lot of work to get everybody into that, so uh, thank you for picking another game, but why did you pick this as the second choice you had for us to cover your game? Um, I've always really, really liked Legacy of Kane series, but this was actually the first one I ever played. When I, I got my, my PlayStation 1 quite late, and I got Silent Hill, which I didn't touch for a year because it scared the absolute shit out of me. And I got Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, and then a couple of like rubbish racing games, which aren't worth mentioning. And I just remember when I was like young, seeing that, that first intro cinematic, and I was like, whoa, I haven't seen anything like this up to this point. And after that, I just fell in love. So you hadn't played the original Legacy of Kane when, before you played this? No, I, I never even know that it, that it existed up until probably in my late teens. Well, I knew it existed, but I hadn't played it, sorry. <laughs> I just uh, I hadn't touched it up until way after the PS1 era, way after. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you need to have played the original to understand this. It gives you a lot of cool backstory, but you, it gives you enough to make this an enjoyable game. Um for me, I've been kind of marveled at how they took a lot of the concepts of that 2D game and made it in this kind of 3D environment, which I'll get more with uh, with Billy and Jeremy. But what was it about this game that, that you know, made, other than that it was this kind of dark, but not so dark that it scared you, uh, you know, kind of feel to it? Like, what really grabbed you about this game when you first played it? Uh, I'd say that, the, the, like, the, the story of it was, like, nothing I'd ever come across at that point. I said, before... I got a PlayStation. I had a Sega Saturn, which mainly was like a few like arcade, like a Die Hard Arcade and the Panzer Dragoon series and stuff. So the story immediately grabbed me. I was like, just in awe, of like to say the setting and how dark it was and stuff. I, I didn't come across a story like that before. And just the gameplay, I thought like it controlled really well, and I liked the combat and everything. So 
just that really it was i didn't play anything else like it up to that point yeah no it's i mean after playing it now you can clearly see there's there's a lot of games that you could say it's similar to but for the time it's pretty nice uh for, for this kind of 3d game i think it controls fairly well for that time frame uh i did have a few minor issues which i'll get into later uh but as a whole i thought it was much more refined than a lot of the 3d action games on the playstation that were a little more more involved than you know spyro um is there a specific mechanic that you want to make sure we talk about that this game has for me, it probably was like how you had to solve certain puzzles by like shifting between the spirit realm and the the uh, physical realm. I would like it changed some of the environment, so, so you had to like open up new platforms and uh, uh, phase through the gates and stuff like that. And no uh, water didn't affect you uh, in the physical in the sorry the spiritual realm. I don't I don't think any of the games be sat, uh, up at that point done anything similar to that. I mean, there's definitely games where there's like a light world, dark world kind of thing. You even mentioned Silent Hill. That sort of has the same idea, but not like this. This is this is a different way they they use that mechanic, and I do think it's really interesting. Uh, it, it is fun to go through these puzzle-solving areas um, that, that I think remind me a lot of like a Tomb Raider as well, where there's a lot of uh, pushing and pulling of objects and making sure you you know there's something you only see in the in the some items that change the whole way the room is shaped in the spirit world. It, it's very cool uh, and a neat way to uh, to kind of handle that difference between the the two regions. Well, well, yeah. Um, when I, I was actually looking into like the making of these games and stuff, and actually, the, the, the this game started out as a completely different one called. I think that just the project was called Shifter, which was about shifting between different realms, and they decided to tack on the Legacy of Cain name later on. So, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to look into that because I think that that would probably make a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of games that you can you can see where maybe been a, a different game, and then they tied it to an existing. Uh, an existing IP, but that's interesting for this because it would be the first kind of branch off of a game that it did okay when it came out, but it wasn't like mind blowing. And and then to take a lot of things that that original game did, and you can see in here uh, are kind of done the same, uh, but in a more again three D uh, world setting. It's it's pretty cool if that was a totally separate game. They're like, well, let's just add it into this, and it worked totally well. So it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and again, I think that happens a lot, a lot more often than you'd think. It does seem to happen quite a lot where they just tack the name on later and it kind of works sometimes. And when it doesn't, it's also worth it to talk about as well. But in this case, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, now, I'm looking forward to playing through this with, with Jeremy and Billy and, and telling everyone about our thoughts. But before we jump into their thoughts, uh, Green Mullet, where can we find you on the internet at large? Um, like I said, uh, you can find me on Twitch. My stream schedule is a bit sporadic at the minute, but I'm hoping to get a bit more consistent at the Green Mullet. And I also have a YouTube channel but that's just an archive of my old streams called Green Games. And that's pretty much it. I'm not a big social media guy in terms of Facebook and stuff. So, yeah, that's it, really. Well, you're also hanging out on our Discord. So if you're looking to hang out with Greenwell, you can always find him on our Discord, uh, which is always linked in the comments to the to the, uh, to the episode. Uh, but now I'm going to let Jeremy and Billy explain how they feel about the game. Thank you so much for having for coming on the show and uh, picking the game for us. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> Your podcast's great. Thank you. Green Mullet recommended this to us. Green Mullet on our Discord. Long time. Ah. Uh, so this was one, I do have to say, he did originally want us to cover uh, one of the the Monster Hunter games, and then 
after some convincing of how much time we don't have to play a game like that to really talk about it. I love Monster Hunter, but it's not a game you can play uh, in 20 hours even and really have a good answer on how to play it. So uh, he thankfully switched it to uh, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, which was released for the Sony PlayStation in 1999. Now, this is, again, a sequel to the original Legacy of Kane, which we covered and, and enjoyed, but it's a totally different style of game. It's a 3D uh, action game instead of that top-down view of the original Legacy of Kane, um, and it also is by a different developer. This is de- developed directly by Crystal Dynamics, where the original game was developed by Silicon Knights, and then I guess uh, somewhere in the process of developing this game, that relationship went fully on south. So after <laughs> having to cut things from the game that Silicon Knights said they owned, etc., the game that's left is the game we're going to talk about today. Um, had either of you guys played Soul Reaver before this podcast? Um, no, I, I I knew all about it, of course. Um, but it's just, it's one of those I just never got around to. And it's, I, I, I have no good reason for it. Um, it seems like something I would have been interested in and playing it. It's something if I would have spent a few months with it, I I would have been pretty enthralled with it. Like I said, it it's like a dark fucking Zelda. But uh, no, I, I, I never had and until now, somehow. Uh, yes, I, I did play this one. I, I bought it when it came out. Actually, I remember the first time I played it, this was on one of those PlayStation demo discs that came out back in the day. I, I can't remember what Sony called them or whatever, but they were just those demo discs that Sony would throw out and you could get them for like five bucks or something like that. And this was on it. And I was already a big fan of, of Legacy of Kane and was expecting kind of that, but this ain't it. Uh, it, is, it is a much different game. Uh, very uh, kind of ahead of its time, basically, with what it was trying to do. But yeah, this was uh, this was an all-time favorite of mine, and coming back for it for this podcast has been eye-opening. So <laughs> just mm. uh, the, oh, this boy. game and Soul Reaver 2, because I, I held both of these games in very high regard mm. for a very long time, and I have not played them since they came out, and I actually played both of them for this podcast. And mm-hmm. was like, okay, so, you know, maybe I need to temper what I expect out of these games these days. Mm. But mm. Um, I'm going to definitely throw this one early on into the pile of PlayStation games that have not aged as well as what we may think they did. Oh, so this this is essentially Nightmare Creatures. As far, <laughs> this is my ver- this is Nightmare Creatures uh, for me. Yeah, I, God, I, I know just what you're saying. And that's that's really like a weird PS1 thing, isn't it? Like, I, th- there's not a lot of other systems I do that with, but something about that, something about that PlayStation, those games, they they either they either age like, like fucking wine or like damn cheese, one or the other. And I I, I guess you've shown your hand on this one. I, I went into this one not really knowing what to expect at all. Like I said before, I've, I've, I've never played it. Um, I, I tried to look at it like from the time, like if I had played this at the time. But I guess it's uh, I, it's good to have like that that view of somebody that actually did play it at the I, time. So yeah, kind and, of an and, kind I'm, of an informed opinion. I can I can only imagine if I was you know if I was what early teens and playing this, I'd be like, oh shit! But I, you know, I can't do that whole comparison to now. Yeah, and I'm 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 not saying it's a bad game. Uh, it's it's just of its time. And oh, yes. I, this that, was definitely that says a lot. One of those games where I was just like, man, Soul Reaver's so damn good. You know, they should just remaster that. Just make it exactly like it was, and just make it you know higher res graphics or something. Because you can't actually buy this game on anything. 
Uh, it's it's not on Steam. It's not on good old games. It's it's just you got to play it on PlayStation unless you got the old uh, PC CD sitting around. But it's um, yeah, this is I, I don't know. It, it's an interesting game. There's so much about it that I love, but then playing it with modern eyes is it was something. So I'm going with the other direction. I never played this game. I had played Legacy of Kane, the original, but I didn't play this specifically because it was this fully 3D version of this kind of game. And at this point, there were so many of these that you mentioned Nightmare Creatures. Um, you know, that game, there was a game that also IDOS put out called Death Trap Dungeon. Um, even some of the later Tomb Raiders, there were so many games that had this fully 3D look. And I thought they all got boring. They all got stale. They all had the same idea where it's like, oh, it'll just be fast, slashy action. And I didn't need any more of those. And I thought that was... You know, well, Legacy of Kane was kind of special. What it did, it was, you know, it had some problems, but it still had some really neat gameplay elements. So I was kind of always thought that this was just kind of a, oh, they slapped the Kane license on another game. And to some level, that's kind of true. Um, uh, Green Mullet mentioned this in the interview with him uh, that I did earlier, that he thought this was originally a different game. And it was, it was called Shifter. Um, that's basically the story of Paradise Lost. But it was easy to, to take that concept and say, fine, instead of a fallen angel, it's fallen one of, you know, Kane's you know, angels that he created basically to run things. And now it's, you're, you're going out to kind of you know, fight back against Cain. That, that's the story of the game. It's not really, that's what the game starts with is, is you are Azrael. You are one of his like minions. You betray him in his eyes and he decides to kill you. But instead of actually dying, you are brought back to life by some kind of, uh, you know, eldritch entity that doesn't really show himself to you that says he's going to, you know, you're now reborn. You have some new powers uh, and you're going to now go, go kind of, uh, after a hundred years or something, you now go back to the land to try to take back what Cain has corrupted. Uh, and so you're fighting against your former brothers who are also turning into giant monsters and things. Uh, it, it's got a very dark feel to it. But I was actually very excited about how many things this kind of does retain from Legacy of Cain. So in Legacy of Cain, the older one, you had the ability when you killed people to like suck their blood out to get your health back. That's an integral piece to your character. When you are... Um, when you're low on health, if you kill an enemy, you can suck their soul back into you to to gain more health. And in fact, until you have full health, you can't do some of the abilities you're supposed to have, uh, especially later on in the game. It's got uh, some of the same ideas with as you're fighting enemies, they get weaker and you can, you know, you can in, in Kane, you would they would get weak and then you could suck their, their blood out. And this instead, they get weaker and kind of stunned. And then you can do like a finisher move on them with the triangle button, uh, which is always cool uh, if you have like a, if you're holding Anything with a point on the end, a lot of time you can grab spears and stuff off the wall, but you also get a sword at a certain point, like a, a light blade, and that helps you as well. You can just slice through guys, and then again, you can suck their energy in. I mean, it, it had a lot of the the things I liked about Kane, which was good, um, but again, it was this fully 3D engine, and instead of being as... I remember Kane being a little more open world. This is open world to some level, but it also feels very much like... Um, and you mentioned Dark Zelda. It's got that kind of early 3D Zelda feel where, yes, the map is mm -hmm. open, but you can't get to certain places mm -hmm. without a certain ability. And yeah. It's, it's yeah. not quite like a... It's not quite like Metroid, but it's that same idea, right? You can you can go to those areas and you can say, like, I can't jump this high or whatever. I can't get through this great. What am I going to learn later on to get through these areas? And that opens up the map a little more. That said, I don't think this map is very big. When you actually look at it and how you mm -hmm. get around, it's a it's a fairly small, tightly made series of dungeons that all link together. Mm -hmm. um, I guess... It's hard to, since you played this before, Jeremy, I guess my, my first thing I noticed was, and I had to play this on a controller that did not have DualShock. I know it was designed after DualShock, and I'm sure that made controlling this guy much easier, but I had massive problems with, 
not as much the camera. The camera was not as bad as I thought it would be, but it was actually the fine control of going. There's a lot of platforming jumping. There's a lot of you have to walk on narrow you know, narrow areas or fall through. You can't fall in the water, for example, in certain areas or else you revert back to a, like a spirit form. So there, I had a lot mm-hmm. of problems with kind of managing the controls of Azrael. Did, did, is that just because I was playing it without DualShock? Uh, no, this was a D-pad game anyway. So, uh, Oh, shit. I, I played this on PC with my Sidewinder gamepad. You know, this was... Mm. Uh, and, and on PlayStation, I did not play it with a any analog sticks. I played it with my controller. This is... It is not really designed for analog, but it's also very clunky. You know, it's yes. it's one step mm-hmm. up from like mm-hmm. Tomb Raider, basically, with how you're moving around and, and how it feels. Like it's you got it's faster than that, and you can you know dodge around and move and and hit and stuff like that. But it's still very very clunky, and even like the when you're fighting and stuff like that, it's 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 not great. <laughs> it's it's really not great, and just. That was a big thing for me coming back to this was just getting used to how this thing controls again. It is not fast whatsoever um, as far as like, you know, lining yourself up or just even getting enemies in front of you in a way that you're actually going to hit them. It's it's awkward. And (laughs) again, it's an early 3D game like this. It's head and shoulders above what you could do in Tomb Raider. But again, this ain't zelda yet you know it ain't that it's it's still very limiting as far as how it feels well you mentioned the combat that that is a a major thing with the camera being what it is you can rotate the camera with l1 and r1 but otherwise you're kind of at the mercy of where the game wants to put the camera Uh, and so as a result when you're doing these fights it's really hard to aim yourself at the character so the r2 button will let you basically home in on the nearest enemy. So I don't know if it's possible to not fight every single thing without just holding down R2, with the exception of a few bosses that you have to kind of be a little more finessed. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it was just the game combat-wise was a lot of me making sure I had something with a point on it once I was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so that I could actually finish them off or have a sword at a certain point. Um, and then hold down R2 and just slash, 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 slash. There's not a lot of thought to it. There wasn't like, oh, yeah, if you hold... You know, the attack button in, in different directions, he does different moves. It, it's very slashy. It's very Zelda-style combat. Right? There's no there's no finesse to it. It's more just try to time yourself so that you can get a few hits in and back up before the enemy attacks two times, too, right? It's not, it's not too crazy. But also, because you heal after you take out most enemies, because you suck their souls in uh, with the circle button, it, I didn't mind taking a little bit of damage here and there, right? Because you knew yeah. you were going to get some of yeah. it back. Um, but it was still very much like if it wasn't for the R2 button allowing me to circle on an enemy when I first was playing it before I, you know, read the manual to see what I was doing, I, I I was having the hardest amount of time killing enemies because it was like, you thought you were right lined up to hit them. And then all of a sudden you just swing and you're like punching to the, you know, three feet to the left of them. And you just, you just couldn't tell exactly with the 3D what you were going on. Mm -hmm. So that R2 button is integral. Um, I will say like the one thing that really helped that was just everything else surrounding it like even just like that that opening intro like the the voice work like it it's so damn good and like the the whole setting of basically being this post-apocalyptic wasteland for vampires it's such a cool idea it was done by uh written by amy amy hennig um before she started doing like the uncharted stuff and like you can tell it's just got that super dark fantasy look to it everything looks grimy and and you know there's very little color in the game besides just green and blue and and brown but it's done really well 
And like, I love how all the different vampires and stuff you're fighting, you know, like centuries have passed since like Azrael, you know, you were killed and you're brought back to this, this form that you're in now. Like all the vampires uh, have just kind of mutated into the, these weird, just shambling, almost zombie forms. And it really depends on, on which uh, vampire uh, cult or whatever they, the house that you're fighting, because they all have different forms, but they've all just degraded into these nasty, shambling looking things that you're fighting. It's still really cool. But then you start playing it, and that, that was where it kind of started falling apart for me, especially that combat, especially if you don't have, like you said, something pointy, because very early on, you need to find those little, uh, you know, staffs or, you know, the spears and stuff that's laying around, because if you don't have one of those, man, it's it's bad. It's bad. Oh. Yeah, it, it's uh, you say bad. I'm going to say uh, we're we're nearing impossible. Uh, I, I, you know, there's probably really skilled fucking people out there that can do it. But yeah, you've got to get yourself something sharp and have at it. But like, yeah, I it is very early gripe, early PlayStation gripe of mine using L1 and R1 to to move the camera around. I, I was never good at it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, like Jeremy P said, this game essentially boils down combat-wise to locking on with with R two and, and just hacking away. There's no finesse. There there's no skill. There's no chaining together. You know, different moves. It's just banging on that button. It, it it's very much kind of kind of beat 'em up style to an extent, and it is very much like those early. 64 Zelda games, which were were similar. You know, your little Z target in on something hack away at it, nothing fancy, uh, and just get the job done. Uh, but yeah, the the atmosphere in this game, as I was going through, because the combat is not going to pull you in. I, I, I don't know anybody that's going to walk away from this going, man, fucking combat in that game was great. But the atmosphere along the way, I, I loved, like, it was the color palette of it. I, it sounds good. Uh, fucking, when you connect on an enemy, the, the sound is satisfying. A lot about this is great. Uh, as far as the presentation goes, uh, this would have been something, yeah, to to get back to then would have kind of really blown me away, you know? You didn't see things like that back then. We talked about Zelda, but you didn't see it like it's this kind of dark kind of form like this. Uh, so I was I was pretty enthralled more with the presentation than the gameplay. The gameplay throughout this thing to to jump way ahead never wowed me at all. Uh, this was one of those I was definitely just just kind of in for the story, which is, eh, you know, it's there. It's a little more story than you get in most games. But at the same time, it's it's not the deepest thing in the world. Uh, but I was man, I was there for for presentation only. And it gets you pretty far in this game. Well, like Jeremy said, that the voiceover work is great. Um, there's enough yes. cinematics and stuff to keep oh, yeah. you paying attention. Like the story is good. It's not again. It's not going to mm -hmm. blow you away. Like oh man, I can't believe they put this in. I mean, it's fine. It's a good video game story of getting revenge on someone who's wronged you, right? And trying yeah. to, to fix the rights of the of the past. Um, when when you start the game, I think we probably should start with just your abilities at the beginning, right? Because because it's a Zelda style game or a Metroid style game, you get more abilities as you go through. So when you start the game, the only thing you can do is fight with the square button. And again, if you have the reason that you need to have a sharp object or 
environmental things like a fire or you can throw zombies in water that will cause them to also permanently die is it because they're undead vampires zombies whatever the case is um they don't die when you kill them a bunch they get slowed down like they're like look wobbly but they will eventually come back and stand up and attack you again over and over until you find a way to permanently kill them um in in early areas they make sure you have these fights near big pools of water you can hold after you get these guys into that weak section you can hold down the triangle button and it will pick them up and you can carry them a short distance and throw them if you throw them into water or into like a big bonfire or on hooks on the wall there are these environmental kills and those are very satisfying i have to say as much as it's kind of annoying to line up with combat and everything else the fact that they have those environmental kills pretty much throughout the game if you're in the right place is always enjoyable no complaints there um, but the other thing you, you gain the ability to do pretty early on is um, you are essentially in like a ghost form for, for the bulk, for, for the start of the game. And then you'll find these portals that let you turn back into the physical world if you're fully healed all the way. Like if you have a full health bar, you can go to these things, you get a spell that lets you go into the physical world. Um, the physical world, it's neat the way it does it when you switch between the two, like the physical plane and the... I don't know if it's the spirit plane, but we'll call it that. Like, the whole world will shift and change. It almost looks like the world's going through time, uh, causing some doorways to open that may not be open, or causing, like, a pedestal to be kind of belt bent and fallen over in the in the real-world version, so you can now climb to an area you couldn't get to when you were in the spirit form. Uh, plus, the in this, the physical world, you can interact with things and push them around. Like, you can push boxes or, or you know, parts of the wall away. You can climb when you get a certain ability to climb. You can only do that in the spirit or in the physical world because in spirit form, you're not, you don't have a, a form to actually interact with the, the environment. Just run through it. So, you have to constantly um, switch back and forth between these two things and the game becomes, after the first few years, first few years when it's all combat, I was like, I don't know how much I'm going to like this. It was a little repetitive. I was kind of like, okay, I, I thought it was cool for the environment kills, but now I don't know. But once you get into the actual meat of the game it's a lot more puzzle solving than i expected which i really appreciated it had it had not just the having to go go back and forth through physical and spirit form but there's other like block pushing puzzles which i'm a sucker for in any game if there's a good block pushing puzzle i'm sold and there are a good deal of them where you have to like flip blocks around and push them into these holes at certain spots and make sure they're facing the right direction uh there, a lot of those kind of puzzles which are always enjoyable for me um but unfortunately, during all those puzzles, pretty much, you're not just able to sit there and think about them and puzzle way through because enemies constantly spawn in. Slowly, it's not a constant mm -hmm. stream of enemies, but it's like every minute or so a new demon will show up or vampire that you have to kill, which means you have to be careful not to, you know, that you have some kind of bladed item or, or otherwise you have to die. And if you die and go back from the spirit world, um, because you can't really die in this game necessarily. When you no. take enough damage, you will go into the spirit world where you have a chance to normally find enough health and a portal nearby to get back in and go back to the physical world to fight. Um, or if you do get killed in the spirit world, you'll basically go back to the start of the game. You get, you know, kind of a, like a, a safe zone you'll always wake up in. So you can't necessarily die, but you can go back to that starting area. Um, so, you know, it, it was like every time I got into a puzzle I was really into, then demons would spawn. And if I got unlucky and I didn't have anything where I could actually kill them, I had to go into the spirit world for a bit and do some fighting and then come back in and hopefully have some time to do some of this puzzle before more demons spawned in. Um, not a big fan of that. I don't necessarily think all those puzzle areas needed it. Um, but other than that, like I did enjoy how you had to get through these areas. It was a lot more thought involved than just hack and slash your way through six dungeons. It, it did have that not quite a Tomb Raider feel, because uh, there wasn't as much climbing and such, but it, it did remind me of Tomb Raider and how you'd get through these dungeons. I, I love the shifting thing. Like, it, it's yeah. super cool. Like, it, again, like, be, seeing that back in the day and being like, oh, my goodness. Like, it, it just completely changed, you know, the level, sort of. 
Um, it was super amazing. I just wish they used it more. Um, it's more for like the solution to, to a lot of puzzles than anything. It's since you can't interact with anything in the spirit realm, it's more about like doing what you need to do in the physical realm and then switching over to the physical or the uh, spiritual realm and then being like, all right, now I can get past this or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's not really the two of them working together. It's more of just using the physical world so you can manipulate the, the spirit realm or whatever. And it, for the most part, that's cool. I don't mind it. But this game has a fucking lot of puzzles where you just, <laughs> just if, oh my goodness, the block puzzles in this game. Pushing uh, blocks. I don't, oh, I don't know if you beat block. this one, Jeremy, but Lord have mercy. The amount of block puzzles in this game, it just goes on and on with these damn things. And, uh, you know, I, it, this is kind of back in the day when it didn't really matter. You know, we just, we'd been playing Tomb Raider and, you know, that's mm -hmm. a lot of block puzzles too. Um, and this is just a, a the next level of block puzzles. So if you like block puzzles, yeah, this is your game because that is basically the only puzzle that you're going to find in, in the yeah. majority of this game besides like, you know, a few environmental puzzles and, and the bosses themselves and how you got to beat them. You, you know how many block puzzles were in this game? It got to the point to where I was like, all right, a block puzzle. And then another one. And then... I started getting annoyed. But do you ever do something so much to where you transition from being annoyed to just laughing when you <laughs> like your mind, your mind breaks and all of a sudden it becomes, there are so many of these fucking things. It's now hilarious too. I'm miserable, but it's hilarious. And that was block puzzles in this. I, I, I there was distinctly one time at one a about after 1am I had had a couple of drinks in me we're playing through this game and I hit I, what seemed like the fucking 80th block puzzle of the night. And I just remember sitting there, put my controller down and was just fucking giggling my ass off. If anybody was down there at the time, I would, I would probably be in a rubber room right now, but no, it's, it's, it, it's uh, Jeremy is not exaggerating when this is like fighting and block puzzle, the game, um, they, man, they leaned in hard on it. They really did. And it's not even like, it's not even complex. It's not, it's, it's, these aren't block puzzles that are going to keep you up all night. It's just, it gets to the point to where it's, it's just annoying. You know, it's, it's so frequent and it's so pointless. And I just, I feel like this game should have leaned in a lot more on the combat. I, you go back to, Zelda. I hate to keep going back to it, but go to Zelda, those 64 titles besides the fucking water temple, really low. Well, aside from Majora's Mask, the entire game was a damn puzzle, but uh, Ocarina of Time, really low on the, the puzzle aspect, just a little bit here and there, and they peppered it in, and it felt natural. This one just feels weird. It just feels like there is someone there during the creative process that wanted some fucking block puzzles, and they were going to get them no matter what. But it just it it really is just a slow point in the game. I, I feel like this game should lean in a lot more on the combat of it. These these spots are just so jarring when you get to them. It's like I don't I don't mind them, you know, for a, a little bit here and there. But it feels like the game should have maybe focused a little bit more on the, the exploration because it kind of seems like it it does that in a lot of times. It does a little bit of the Metroidvania thing. 
you know, we, where you see places like Jeremy mentioned, you, you're like, oh, I, you know, that's that's a place I can't get to right now. I'll come back to that. And, you know, Zelda's really good with that. But it doesn't lean in on that. It leans in on the damn block puzzles. <laughs> and it's it's mostly block puzzles with a cool gimmick to solve them with spirit, you know, the spirit realm. And it comes to the game comes to a hard stop when those damn block puzzles come up. And at the beginning, it's not too bad. But when when you're halfway through the game, and, and it's some of those later dungeons, and you've you've come across the fourth one, it, it's you just see like a like six or seven blocks laid out in front of you, and you're like, oh my god, this is this is gonna take another half hour to figure out. But you know, it's again, it's of its time. And if you were brown that back then, like I was, you you, you just ate it up. Yeah, I have to disagree. That's my favorite. My, my favorite thing in this game was these puzzles, the block puzzles. No, there's, there's a other nah. other series later. We have to like um, break these windows open to make sure that you can get uh, get back and forth from the spirit world in certain areas. Like, I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of block puzzles in general. So those did not bother me. It, it, that said, there was at least one dungeon uh, where I felt like they, they they built the dungeon. and They're like, OK, people are flying through this too fast. Let's put a block puzzle at each of these steps because there was a lot in probably it's either the second or third area you go through. Uh, that I, even I was like, okay, this is I don't dislike this, but this is the exact same block puzzle. Like they're not even trying to make it any different. It's the same puzzle. Still, I like that more than most of the combat. Um, there is some interesting combat in the game. I don't mean to like say that it's completely unnecessary. There's parts of it that were fun, but there are also loads of parts where it was like you have to one of the the, the so. Um, after you beat a boss, and most of the, like, the first few bosses aren't, are nothing to write home about necessarily. You fight Kane early on where you get, um, you get to take control of the Soul Reaver. It's the name of the sword he had from the first game, and you basically cause it to, to break and kind of meld into your body in the spirit world. Uh, that, hence, now you're the Soul Reaver, right? That's a double version of the title. So you get that that helps you attack enemies in the, in the real world without having to worry about having a sharp object as long as you have full health. You gain the ability to turn uh, into mist and go through, like, those great areas. If it looks like a, a portcullis or whatever, you can just go through those. It's not a problem. You gain the ability to climb. You get the ability to shoot uh, these little energy balls at, at a certain point. Uh, and then also learn how to swim because it's a 3D action game. You have to have somewhere to learn how to swim. So you get these abilities to help you kind of explore through the world. I guess my main my main complaint is it still felt like, except for the main hub area, which is where the pillars are from the which is like kind of the the centerpiece to the game, but also the centerpiece to Legacy of Cain. Um, aside from that central area, every other area felt like you went there to do your mission, to to get through it the first time, kill a boss, get a new ability, and then you could go back to those areas if you wanted to. But it was just to hunt for like power-ups, nothing you needed to progress through the game, not a lot of hidden cool things you wanted to find. It was like, oh, good, if I collect five of these, I get more health. If I collect six of these, I get more energy. Like, it wasn't anything where, like, oh, I go back to the area and I've gotten, like, a, a new ability that I really needed. There was no need to do that. So I felt like you could breeze through this without having to go back and use any of that Zelda-style, you know, find a new way to go through this gate or something. You, you know, you see it earlier, you're like, oh, I got to remember to go back there. If you do remember that when you finally go back there in this game, I felt a lot of the time it was just a fairly mild power up. Nothing you needed to get, nothing you that would help your game enhance in any way. Just like, yeah, okay, it makes it a little easier because now I have more health. Uh, so it, it 
it's fine, but I, I was kind of disappointed with having a world like this that's recursive. You can go back to these other areas. There was not as much of a need to. Uh, maybe I'm just spoiled by games like Dark Souls that did that really well, where there's all these little things to go back to these areas for. But this this did not quite do that for me. Um, Still, it, it was laid out really well. I do like, um, I don't know if any of the, the bosses were notable to you necessarily. I, I thought they were all different, which I liked, that they're not just a, a slash-a-thon for the most part, but I still felt like every one of them kind of had a fairly obvious gimmick to get through, um, kind of Zelda-style, but not nearly as inventive. Yeah, they, they look cool, though. <laughs> I mean, there's there's that one that's like a big bug, you know, slash alien queen thing yes. where that's shooting out eggs, and you got to go mm-hmm. get the egg and then throw it back yeah. at her. Or the the mer mer vampire base, the one where you gotta get up on the pillars and then um, shoot the uh, the glass panes out, and and so the light would come in and and kill it. Um, but yeah, it really just seems like a lot of the powers you get for beating them is just to access the next area. Right, like there, that's really about it. You know, there's. Uh, probably the most useful one you get is the one where you you can actually go in water and not die or go back to the spirit mm. realm. Um, mm. But that's really only to access that level where you can go fight the mer vampire and be underwater and things like that. So it's it, it yeah it, they it's known that this game had almost zero time to to be finished and they had much more grand plans than what they were able to do. That's why kind of the game after what should be the halfway point goes straight to the end. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it, they just didn't have enough time to, to finish it and do everything they wanted to do. Um, it's kind of amazing that they were able to, to get out what they did and, and be as complete as it is. Um, mm. And that might explain a lot of the block puzzles as well. Mm. I, I, I could see it because it, the game does have, um, kind of, and I, I, I can see that now because I, I was thinking about it before I kind of had had noted it. Uh, it, it does have like a uh, over overall like a, a empty type quality. Does that make sense? An empty quality to it. Um, you, you kind of feel like you're solo exploring. Like uh, there is not constant, constant, constant enemies all over the place. Uh, yeah, they do keep fucking popping up, but there are some areas in this game where it's just it's you pushing blocks and and it just feels really quiet, really empty. That it does make sense. Um, which is a shame because this game, the, the bones of this game are fucking great. Uh there there's a lot of great shit going on here. It reminds me, like I said, I'm doing it one more time, Ocarina of Time. It reminds me of Beyond Good and Evil. Um I mentioned nightmare creatures and calling and comparing a game to that. Any of those is not an insult. You know, it's just, it's one of those games, but it just, it needed more of something. And from what Jeremy's telling me, apparently it just needed more time. Um, cause it, it, when it does something good, like combat, combat is very hack and slash, but I'm enjoying it. Bosses. There's no boss in this that I came away from like, Oh fuck. That was an awesome boss fight. You know, uh, we, we talk about games every now and then. Even when the game's not great, I'll remember a boss. I'll remember that fight. I mean, like, that was pretty damn good. I, I, I don't get a lot from this. I enjoyed it while playing it, but it's, this was one of those, when you cut it off, it's it's out of sight, out of mind, Like, you know, which is unfortunate. There's nothing that really sticks there where you, you're, you're going to pinpoint it. 
you know, somebody's going to mention this game six months from now. And I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I love that part where I got nothing for that. You know, <laughs> I, it's perfectly serviceable. Uh, but yeah, maybe it needed a little more time, a little more care. Um, it does things well enough. There's too many damn puzzles. They're leaning in on that way too much. I, I think it just makes the game really disjointed. Uh, bosses are, are cool, but not memorable. Uh, e e even when you meet fucking Kane in here, it it it's still not memorable. I, the voice acting, like, like we said, is top notch. But I mean, the game itself is just, there's not like, that's really a reverse, isn't it? Really good voice acting in a game that's kind of eh. Uh, I don't think we encounter that too much. It's like an opposite, it's like an opposite Resident Evil. Um, but no, it's just, I, I enjoyed playing it, but it's, there's nothing here that really sticks out. And I could see being in Jeremy's shoes if I had played this back in the time. Oh my God. I probably would have thought this game was awesome. I probably would have thought this game had the <laughs> biggest open world I have ever played in. But yeah, I, I can see how time would, would do a little bit number on this. And when Jeremy said that at the beginning, kind of showed his hand. I was like, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that because this is one of those. It's It's got that, that PS1 curse to it where it is incredible at the time. And it is mind blowing. Uh, it's I mean, it's right up there with Battle Arena, Toshinden and Twisted Metal 1 to where it is mind blowing. But when you look at it nowadays, oh, my God. You know, the, the rose-colored glasses come off, and it is, you're putting on the shit-colored glasses from then on. Yeah, it, it, it didn't age well. I could see that. Uh, but just now playing it, it's it's a good experience, and it's great to see, you know, this, this series that I've heard a lot about. There are a lot of people that love this series to death. And this is definitely one of those things that, you know, could get the remake treatment later on. I, I just hope they put in, like, 80% less than block puzzles. No, I'd rather have way more block puzzles. If I'm going to play this, I want no. nothing but block puzzles. You can get rid of the rest. Have, get you, rid of the Dan, have you, have you, you know, I love that game, Catherine. Have you played it? I have not. Are there block puzzles? It's all block puzzles. <sighs> Maybe I'll, that's the whole game. That's our next all right, episode. Get on, all right, uh, get on board. Yes. I'll have to check out Catherine. So uh, it seems like, I mean, I would actually recommend this. I think it actually was a lot of fun. You're right that it does feel like it ends very abruptly, which which makes a lot of sense because this game had all these legal problems between Crystal Dynamics and Silicon Knights during the entire kind of development of it. So a lot of things had to be scrapped uh, or completely redone to avoid any further legal action. And so the game that came out was not really what was originally intended. And a lot of those those uh, plans and and, you know, gameplay elements they removed ended up coming back in soul reaver 2 which i know jeremy you said you'd played and i would like to talk about that in a second but but do you think you'd recommend this game to somebody now I, yeah i mean it's it's a it's a cool of its time game like even though it's it got a lot of things missing and you know there's just a little bit too many block puzzles it's kind of clunky but you know there's so much that propels you through the game anyway like just the the overall setting and the story, the music's great, uh, just the way it looks, you know, it, there's a lot of good there. And I'd say that it actually did more good than Soul Reaver 2, which, you know, it, it Soul Reaver 2 did solve a lot of problems, but at the same time, I, you know, I it's kind of like you solve one thing, but you replaced it with another thing that isn't that much more fun. 
like you know the block puzzles are replaced with uh basically key cards in in soul reaver 2 you you get different soul reavers um the swords you, you can change their color essentially and you have to go change them to solve puzzles and things like that with the, you know so that it's it's kind of like less fun <laughs> in a way it controls better it looks way better it you know it's still that game but for me i have way more nostalgia with the original game uh, it, it's i think it's still really cool uh, just based on the the setting and the story and everything alone, because Soul Reaver Two kind of retcons a whole lot of shit, and you're basically rolling into a, a going back in in time, you know, and, and seeing things the way that if Kane hadn't destroyed everything, then it, you know it's so it's more of a basic kind of medieval looking game, and like ninety percent of the game is just rolling around in these very large Gothic cathedrals. It's it. I don't know. I I don't know. I like Soul Reaver two a lot, but coming back and playing these two again, I was just kind of just kind of bummed me out a little bit because they they just did not hold up to the way that that I placed them on a pedestal for. So, but yeah, I, I would I'd recommend somebody play Soul Reaver. I think it's a I think it's a cool ass game. So I I you've already mentioned that then uh, Soul Reaver two came out in two thousand one for the PlayStation two and the next year Blood Omen two which is kind of a sequel to the original Legacy of Cain Cain uh, related story where you play as Cain again came out in two thousand two did you ever play Blood Omen two I did not I for some reason I Soul Reaver two really kind of put me off to the whole series and I just kind of stopped playing Well, and then after that, there was Legacy of Cain Defiance, which kind of combined the characters. You had a game where you were playing uh, both as Azrael and as Cain to kind of work together to stop whatever this cycle was that has kind of been uncovered in the next two games that I didn't play. Um, and then there's been really been nothing since that except for an attempted multiplayer uh, platform or multiplayer battle game called Nosgoth, which was like vampires versus zombies or something um, that never got past, I think, beta testing. Like they, they were, you can find footage of it online that people would kind of put together. It looks like every other 3D action. Like remember when they made that Shadowrun game that was basically just a group fighting game that was Shadowrun based yeah. on the Xbox? It's yeah. like that, but Nosgoth. Um, it did not get finished, didn't get put out, and there's been nothing else since then, uh, although apparently there are rumors that they would redo Soul Reaver, maybe combine Soul Reaver and Soul Reaver 2, um, because you cannot buy it, like you said, you can't find Soul Reaver anywhere anymore that you can buy unless you buy a classic PlayStation disc or find that PC disc uh, and play it on your systems. It's not something you can find on the PlayStation Network or anywhere else right now, so um, you know, maybe that'll happen. I, I, I think if you can find this, and I don't think this is a very expensive game to find, um, it, it is worth your time, and I definitely recommend it. So thank you, Green Mullet, for bringing up a game that kind of gets us right in the right mood as we're coming up on October next month for mostly oh, spooky fuck. games. So this was kind of a good bridge title into our Halloween month. Fucking, you know we do it up big for Halloween. Damn it. We love Halloween here. Um, I know Jeremy Gregory is always shaking because he knows I'm gonna I'm gonna catch him every episode right at the beginning with a well-placed boo. <laughs> I, I'm just happy to be here for this October. I did not get to to participate in, in most of last year's no, I, October. 
I, I, I would dare say last October is your scariest yet. Yeah, that <laughs> but, was that one was but, genuinely frightening. So. I, that, well, uh, you cause thrills and chills for all of us, but we're looking forward to a goddamn great October this year. Um, we're we're going to have some scary shit down the line. I don't even know what half of it is. Um, I don't know if we're going to continue our Silent Hill tradition. And Jesus, if we do, we are uh, we're going to have to put the waiters in. We're about deep in the shit for the next one. But uh, October here, always a big deal. My favorite time of the year. Um, I, I came up to record after deciding that it was too dark to go back in the uh, the, the basement of the house I'm in to see if I maybe had some, some Halloween decorations from the past laying around to cart back home. That's how serious I am. Even during hard times, I'm still just fucking looking around. We got a giant spider theme going on at the house this year. It's going to be done up, and we have got the fucking scariest damn podcast month of the year coming up for everybody. Well, and I think a better way to bridge ourselves into Halloween, into October, our month of spooky games, is with the most horrifying thing we do on the show, which is listener mail. If you're interested Oof. in writing a question, you go to Retrovania.net, and you go through all the links to all our social media sites, our Discord, our Patreon, everything Retrovania. But at the very bottom, there is a question form. And on that form, you can put a question, anything that's on your mind, no matter how scary yeah. it is. And we will answer on the show uh, like we're going to do right now. Oh, and it's been pretty fucking scary before, too. I'll tell you that. It, it's been downright frightening before. But um, first off, I want to um, <laughs> mention real quick, uh, someone on Discord actually pointed it out that our um, our contact form, we actually use a little widget on on the website. And yeah. I guess it updated and it removed the name field, which I was confused no. as to why everyone had stopped torturing me when they sent in emails. Yeah. <laughs> Their names was gone. I was like, what's going on? And mm -hmm. I just happened to look at it because it was the, the one time of the month that I actually go update the site. And I was mm -hmm. like, the fucking name field's gone. But I've added that back in. So our long national nightmare is over. You can go in there and write your, your whatever god-awful names you can come up with. Um, but yeah, we're actually going to start off today with um, someone that's just telling me what his fucking name is. He's like, my name is Robula Counts. And uh, right. his, his, he, what he's writing in to say yeah. is Ge General Chaos is a good game. That's literally all he said. Yeah, I, that was money well spent on your part, huh? That's, um, yeah. That's... I, I'll just, I, I will just say as years go on and God and damn, it's years now. As years go on, I, I am more apt to give uh, General Chaos another chance. I, I don't know if it's going to change a single thing. I know my original thoughts on it. I know my thoughts on it back when I used to play it. Um, but who knows? Uh, maybe maybe a, a few more years, a little older, a little wiser. Uh, you know, I, I might look at it in a different light. I, I still right now cannot say it is a good game. Well, this is episode 187 of this podcast, not including the bonus episodes. You know, for episode 100, we did our amazing uh, Tiger handheld review we had promoted uh, for uh, literally weeks ahead of time. Uh, so I think, what, a couple of episodes ago, we said maybe we would revisit that as our episode 200. We're getting real close. We, we might have to, rep, uh, to revisit General Chaos to see if time yeah. is kinder to it than we were the first mm. time. <clears throat> and you know what? You guys actually did this to me because I went back and watched a few YouTube reviews of, you know, these, these dudes on YouTube that say they know what games are. And the few people that actually did reviews on General Chaos, um, 
they said it's a good game. And I trust those guys more than I do you too. So I'm mm. gonna I'm gonna continue mm. to stand by my mm. my opinion that General Chaos is an an a, a hidden gem, a hidden Genesis gem. I'm gonna throw that out there. All right, well, hidden we'll Genesis see. gem. So we'll maybe see. for episode 200, <laughs> we will see. Anyway, thank you, uh, Robula uh, Counts. I don't know if you Counts was part of the name or not, but it came after Robula, so we'll go with that. Next, uh, next question comes in from idea at yahoo.com. It's just not the same. I, I got to mention, like all none of these have any names, so I'm just reading the email address. Um, and the question is, do y'all cook? Uh, he says, uh, the question about... The question about which item you would eat from a video game has been asked multiple times. This got me thinking, though, I bet one of these guys secretly aspires to be a chef. Can we get a YouTube cooking episode where one of you guys cooks something from a video game? I bet it will be more entertaining than those damn cats in Monster Hunter. I, well, you know what? I um, There's a little day going on here at the house pretty soon where I have happened to stumble upon a a fallout cookbook and I have already proclaimed I'll be cooking a, a dish from it. I'll be fixing up a drink from it, uh, a hard drink from it and making a dessert. Now I don't know if that's going to be worthy of going on YouTube. because when I cook, I end up usually cursing a lot because I get fucking oil splashed on me. I forgot. I, I, you know, I mix up measurements on things. I, I don't think it would make for good viewing. Personally, if I did it, it, it's not pretty at all. Uh, I do cook because um, I have two small kids or smaller kids. So if you that every day, it would cost me a million dollars. So I do cook. I, I think I'm OK at it. I'm not great. Um, I was much better at like when I had a smoker that worked. I was better at that because uh, I'm, you know, when you get a certain age as a man, you just start learning how to use a smoker. And that's what I did. So uh, I, I'm pretty good at it. I don't know if I'd want to cook anything from a video game necessarily. Although if I was, I would dress up like the cat from uh, from Monster Hunter. Uh, I, I don't cook. I think cooking is a scam. Um, <laughs> so a scam! It, I, there's nothing more worthless than spending an hour preparing and cleaning and chopping up and cooking and all that stuff and and making a huge goddamn mess just to eat it for five minutes like that is a scam and i would much rather just go to mcdonald's and get me a two dollar cheeseburger uh, mm. i me and billy have talked about this before but i am quickly becoming that one old uh youtube guy that just sits there and talks about the the fucking five dollar frozen meal he got at Kroger. Yes. Um, hey, oh God, fe fucking feature, feature man. man. Feature, feature man. man. I highly recommend checking out his channel because that is just mm -hmm. a, a look into my future. Um, yeah. But that's all he does. He goes to like Walmart or Kroger and gets a one of those five dollar frozen meals, and they're all Salisbury steak or spaghetti, every single one of them. And he's done like four hundred episodes of this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. He just keeps going. I love the guy, but yeah, he's, that is exactly what I think of cooking. I, I'm just, I'd go for the cheapest thing and the, the fastest. And, and that's, that's good for me. I'm not going to spend two hours in the damn kitchen uh, making a mess and, and spending 20, 25, $30 on something that I'm only going to eat once. So yeah, cooking is a giant scam, but uh, yeah, thanks for writing an idea at yahoo.com. 
Our next come our next question comes in from Billy Billy Willie Wood at gmail.com. Whoa. And what whatever. Uh, is their, their message is I really want to start my own podcast, but I'm not too sure where to start. I have a group of online friends that I'd like to talk about games with, but I'm thinking I'd rotate in a different one each week to talk about various games. Do you have any notes or bullet points on what to bring up, or do you just go in and let it happen organically? I mostly worry about hitting a point and then unnaturally transitioning into the next thing. Thanks in advance. I love the podcast, and I love the way you run the podcast. Little Billy. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys keep notes for the episodes. I do. Uh, I do keep <laughs> notes for these games where I know I want to talk about specific topics, uh, especially what? when I talk about... Uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, have, have, have you heard me talk on here? Asking if I keep notes? Hey, look, I just... Maybe you did. Maybe your notes is, is on a napkin, and it just said, for this game, it would have just said uh, block puzzles, right? I don't know. It really depends on what you guys keep for notes. But I do keep notes uh, based on, on what we're going to talk about. Sometimes, especially if it's a game that has a lot of... Um, involved gameplay mechanics. I will have whole sections on on how that works just so I can refresh myself and look at it while we're doing the episode. Um, so I've been, and I, I posted this on our Discord, and I think I also posted it on our social media. So I'm helping a friend of mine start his own podcast doing uh, movie reviews on superhero movies that are not the Marvel Universe, not the current DC Universe, like the older comic book-related movies. It doesn't have to be superhero comic books, just movies based on comic book properties. It's called Movie Smash. The first episode is out now. I'm not promoting this on purpose except to say that um, you asked if I have any tips or or anything where I would say, uh, you know, if you're going to have people on your podcast to keep it where you're not having these weird transitions, one, you're going to have them. It's guaranteed until you have a good flow with the guys you're recording with. Um, you know, we've been doing this long enough. I don't think we have too many times where I have to edit out a weird transition unless it's me mumbling over a bunch of words. Um, but with the other podcast, we definitely have a lot of hard stops where we go, okay, let's redo that again. And we'll re-record it, re-edit it out. Uh, you're going to spend a lot of time editing. That's my tip for you. If you want to make it sound natural, you're going to have a lot of weird uh, recording mm -hmm. pauses, and you're going to edit all that out so that it makes a lot of sense. Uh, until yeah. you guys have a good understanding of the flow of everything. I mean, that's I think having the same consistent people has helped us uh, generally have that flow. Uh, even when we have someone come and fill in, we have to kind of get used to the cadence of that extra person. So your idea of having friends switch out every week, while it can work, it's going to be a lot more work for you on the back end doing the editing. Yeah, I think we're just used to each other's smell at this point, you know. <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. and, it's, and it's awful, but we're used to it. Yeah, but eventually you just get nose blind to it, and, you, you know, you're mm -hmm. fine being around everybody. You just kind of yeah. understand what they're going to say and, you know, what they're not going to say and where you need to fill in. It is just something that, that comes with time. Um, and like Jeremy said, uh, embrace editing. <laughs> that can save you a lot of time and a lot of recording Um you know, instead of sitting there and, and thinking you got to redo the entire thing, just move on, you know, just edit and post and, and move on. And, and that's that's a huge plus to, to actually take your time to learn, because I'm actually surprised how many people start podcasts and don't know how to use editing software. So that's, you know, it, there is more than just hitting the record button to this. I promise it's that's not what we do all the time. It, it doesn't just appear magically online as soon as we stop talking um jeremy does does a lot of that for us so yeah but thanks for writing in billy willy uh little billy next question comes in from zach attack 42199 at gmail.com that almost sounds like a real email address so i was sorry mm -hmm. if that's actually your email address what the fuck? and uh they're writing in about the gamecube 
If you guys do GameCube games, I'd love to hear you cover Chibi Robo. And also let me know Uh-oh. what your guys' favorite GameCube game was and what color GameCube that each of you owned. I only, like, read this. Well, obviously, I want to read it, but we haven't actually covered any GameCube games, and I'd like to see what you guys think about that. Um, I... I was sure we did, but maybe we haven't. I, I could believe maybe we haven't. Um, it is it is a system we could cover. At this point, we cover GameCube, PS2, yeah. and Xbox down, right? I mean, technically, we could cover whatever we want in a bonus episode. But on the main mm-hmm. feed, it's like a 20-year window. So that GameCube is in there, over 20 years old. Um, I had the silver GameCube that came with Metroid Prime uh, as like a pack-in. Eh. I was very excited to get that. Um, I I don't know what my favorite GameCube game is. Of the ones that I still have, surprisingly, it's not a GameCube exclusive game, but the one I put the most time into is Hulk Ultimate Destruction, uh, one of the best 3D superhero games ever. Mm-hmm. I, my, I had the purple GameCube, and I mean, of course, my favorite game for it, I, uh, we're go- I mean, I'm going basic. It's fucking Double Dash. Mario Kart Double Dash. Come on. Um... I'd said that come on and then was going to follow up with a close second, but there's not <laughs> um, that. And just that, that original animal crossing and just how amazing that whole concept was at the time. And the fact that I could play NES golf again on animal crossing, which is what I did more than anything else on there. But no, uh, the GameCube I, I love with nice little system. Um, it had a, had that wild as hell. WWE game WrestleMania 19 where the the story mode was you just like killing construction workers by knocking them off platforms and shit like that. Uh GameCube always for me is that system that just feels like a fever dream. Like you you, you talk back about some of the stuff that was on there and it feels like it was around for such a brief period of time. Even more so than the Dreamcast. Um yeah, I, I, I love the GameCube. Uh, still discovering gems from it to this day. Chibi Robo, I am very familiar with. Really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I, it's Double Dash, hands down. And honestly, still my favorite Mario Kart to this day. Yeah, I, I really wasn't... I just wasn't a GameCube guy. Like, I bought it when it came out. And I had several games for it, I, really up until around Eternal Darkness. And then I just really fell off the GameCube train, like, completely. <laughs> like, I did not actually play any further GameCube games. Um, I, you know, it's, it's where I, I didn't even own Double Dash. Like, I've just played that at friends' houses, like, you know, and like the big ones, like Soul Calibur. Played that at someone else's house. I did not really... Mostly my GameCube experience has been from other people's houses. Like, I just did not play that system much. So it would be really fun to go back and and play some of those ones that, you know, everybody, like, really talks about all the time. Like Chibi Robo and... uh, What's that one? Is that Billy Hatcher? Always kind of want to play Billy Hatcher. Um, just l- little games like that that really just slipped underneath the radar that that was you know only on GameCube. Like I'd love to cover stuff like that. So um, as far as color goes, I had the did I have black or purple? I can't remember. I had the I think I had the purple. I think they were sold out of the black. I wanted the black, but they didn't. They didn't have it. They just had purple. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for writing in, Zach Attack. Uh, actually, before you go to the next letter, uh-huh. I just looked at our list of previous episodes. We have covered GameCube once when we covered Pikmin on a bonus Pikmin. episode. 
However, that also makes me very sad that I didn't list Pikmin as my favorite GameCube game because it's my favorite Nintendo series and it started on the GameCube. But I still stand by Ultimate Destruction because it rules. So we're going to do one more here. And this next one is from Ben.Dover and Tay.Kit at Jotmail.com. And uh, I totally got what you were doing there. Um, it, it, it's a little bit easier to read in email form, trust me. Um, and this one is about Yoshi's biology. Hey guys, love the podcast. Found you guys while looking for podcasts that cover Sega Master System games without having gross British accents. Anyway, I'm writing to you about something that I can't stop thinking about. Why does Nintendo portray Birdo as the female counterpart to Yoshi? She's obviously the same species as the Philly fanatic. Also, isn't Yoshi a girl already? They lay eggs. I guess my question is, why is Birdo so sexy? Thanks in advance. I mean, that's a question for the ages. Also, I thought Birdo was a boy in drag. I thought that was the whole what? deal with Birdo. I, you writing fan fiction again? I mean, it could be. That could be entirely just something I made up. But I'm going to, while, while you guys are answering this question, I'm going to look up and see where I thought that from. Because I'm pretty sure that's correct. Are we, is Yoshi hot? Is that what, oh wait, Birdo. Aha! What? The English manual for Super Mario Brothers 2 says that Birdo is a male who thinks he is a girl. I'll be. No, I, I didn't know. I, I always thought Birdo was a girl. Others know, want but... to know what pronouns does Birdo use? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I always thought, I, you know, Yoshi always came across as a male to me, but I didn't really ever think about, you know, them laying eggs. But, you know, it could just be the Jurassic Park thing. It's just life found a way, you know. It's But, you know, there's pink Yoshis. You can't judge on looks, you know. But I, I don't know. Maybe. I, Birdo has never been on on something on my list of of search terms when I go to like, you know, certain websites on the internet. I think this question literally killed Billy. As I mute, as I mute, <laughs> <laughs> probably for for the best. Yeah, it probably was for the best. I was on mute when I was responding to that. Billy no, just it's literally like... over there screaming that Birdo was so se sexy. <laughs> yeah, god damn. <laughs> I, I mean, Birdo is like, you know, it, it, it is probably the origin of the whole what that mouth do thing, you know? Uh, you've seen Super Mario Brothers too. Shit. <laughs> but, uh, neck, 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 let's move on, please. Move I think on. that might have to be how we end it tonight. I think, I don't know how you. Is that how we, ooh, is that how we end it? Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, let me get, let me get off here real quick. Uh, come on. <laughs> Oh God! Anyway, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for writing in, Ben. And that's gonna do it for mail this time. Again, if you want to write into the, the this whole mess of a podcast, just head over to retrovania.net. Scroll all the way down. There's a contact form. The name field has returned. Send that in, and we will get to it eventually on here. So thanks everybody for writing in. It's always always a pleasure. It's even a pleasure when it's scary, which is what we're walking into next month. Next month will be our mm -hmm. all spooky games epi episodes, um, mm. unless you're a Patreon. If you're a patron member, then we will still have another couple episodes before we hit October, hopefully. Um, we are a little behind this month because everything on Earth fell apart for us all at once, but that's okay. We're still here talking about games, and next month there will be spooky games. So we will see you then.
Birdo does have that cake, though. I mean, if yeah. you really look. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, Which one? Boo! Oh, oh, god damn it. 